this fall, join in the battle for honor, glory, and a chance to guest host our podcast. Stand shoulder to shoulder with gridiron legends as you take on our insufferable hosts in a good old-fashioned fantasy football slobber knocker. The Sports on Point Fantasy Football League is now live and waiting for you to dominate. No, really, these guys aren't even that good. Sign up at NFL.com, League ID 95673. Don't forget to use the password, screw the league, all one word. Sports on Point Fantasy Football. Sign up now. Welcome to the Sports on Point podcast for August 23rd, 2010. I am your host, Matthew, the chair thrower, Smith. And I'm Pico Morandini. What? That's not my name. I, I don't know what my name is. And I'm Bob. I remember the names of all my children, Severance. And now on to this week in sports. This is a section where we cover the top shared stories on the internet from every day the past week. And our host will give a short comment on each, starting with Monday. Injuries hit Larry Fitzgerald and Vernon Davis. What do you think, Matt? Well, Larry Fitzgerald's a big loss for the Cardinals. Vernon Davis... I'm not really sure how much of an impact he has, but I definitely know Matt Leinhart needs some time to get used to throwing to his big target, Larry Fitz. It's still early in this season. I don't think they'll be out for too long. Preseason, I hate injuries in preseason because it's such such a waste of time. And on to Tuesday, LeBron James interview, where Cleveland Cavaliers owner Dan Gilbert gave him some motivation. What do you think, John? I like it. I hope he drops like 60 points on the Cavs in the queue on December 2nd because Dan Gilbert had to run his mouth. Be a classy owner. He doesn't have to be a classy player. He's going to drop 60 on you. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny because if you have to come out and say that, I mean, seriously, if somebody saying those things about you doesn't motivate you, to me that's more newsworthy. Wednesday, Chicago Cubs close to trading Derek Lee to Atlanta Braves. Matt? Well, this trade actually did go down. I think it's a huge move for the Braves. Gives them a, another power bat in lineup moving into the postseason. Uh, I definitely definitely think they're going to hang on to that top spot in the division. Yeah, the Cubs are like 25 games under 500. Actually, they're about 20 games. Their season's done. They're going to start opening up some payroll for next year so they can spend. Um I think it's a good trade for the Braves, but I don't think they're, they'll be able to hold off the Phillies in the postseason. I think the, the Phillies go three straight World, Ser- World Series. And on Thursday, Minnesota Vikings' Percy Harvin collapses, leaves in an ambulance. John? Yeah, he's had a his- history of these migraine headaches, and I mean, it's just a shame if this is going to uh, put a wrinkle in his career because he had a stellar rookie season. Uh, hopefully everything goes all right and he, we see him back out on the field and able to play and lead a, a long career. Yeah, this is definitely something we're going to want to watch for the rest of the year because without him on the field, I don't know that Brett Favre has all the weapons he's expecting to see in Minnesota this year. 
And on Friday, Nina Christic of Oklahoma City Thunder detained after an on-court brawl in Greece. Matt? Yeah, through a chair. Uh, I thought it was kind of funny. He said in an interview after he was released from jail that he didn't actually throw the chair. He was actually just waving it around above his head and it slipped out of his hands. Yeah, I think it, we need to just bring him back over here and uh, lock him in a room so he's ready for the season. He don't get into any more trouble. Maybe lock him into a room where he can't throw any chairs or, you know, Oklahoma City kind of needs him. On Saturday, the FBI tracked Alabama Crimson Tide Paul Bear Bryant document show. I just want to say that I I pretty much despise Alabama after last year. So it, anything having to do with Alabama, I... Yeah, apparently there was a lawsuit against Bear Bryant back in the day for not recruiting black athletes, but this is 2010. What do we really care? Honestly? If we wanted to release an article and, and, and have a headline for every single time we noticed that something was going on that involved discrimination in the 60s, we'd be here all week. On Sunday, manager Lou Pinella of the Chicago Cubs stepping down after Sunday's game. What do you think, Matt? Well, it's about time because he's been underachieving for about the last 15 years. I don't know how Lou Pinella got the incredible reputation for being the super manager that uh, people seem to think he is, but he has not really done much. Once you win a World Series, you're golden. Just like these players, once you hit 40 home runs in a season, you get like $20 million a year. You don't have to do anything for the rest of your career. He hasn't done anything. I think he's overrated, too. But he's animated, and he's fun he's, to watch. He's entertaining. He invented the kick maneuver. Yes, he did. I thought that was Bruce Lee. <laughs> <laughs> and now on to our To The Point section. This is a section where we have an open format chat that will hit our main points in sports this week. We're also going to continue on with how the different divisions are going to pan out. So let's get started. Well, before we get into the NFL stuff, I think we'd be remiss to avoid the topic of Roger Clemens this week. Um, as we all know now, he was indicted by a federal grand jury and uh, facing charges of perjury. What do you think about that, John? I think he's an arrogant idiot. I think he was too arrogant to step up and say, yeah, I, I took PEDs, and now he's going get, to get put in jail for it. The part about this that cracks me up is his defense attorney actually made a made a statement where he went on to say that he has had conversation after conversation with Roger Clemens saying if you didn't or if you actually did do this it would be so much better for you in the long term if you fess up and because Roger Clemens has been adamant that he hasn't done it that means he's innocent seriously you know some people just they just tell so many lies that they begin to believe those lies <laughs> i mean i'm not gonna say i don't think brian mcnamee is like the most trustworthy uh source in the entire world but if he has the evidence that he says he has then clemens is gonna make a big fool of himself over the course of this trial there's no there's no way around it here's what's gonna happen it's gonna go it's gonna go right down to the wire and it's about to go to trial and then clemens is gonna walk in and be, he's gonna be like oh I misremembered. I thought you meant another time. I thought you were asking me about a time that the other time I was taking steroids. Or not. And then he's going to reach a plea deal and he's going to get like probation. 
Thank you, steroid trials, for the invention of the word misremembered. This won't even go to trial for another couple years. I mean, Bonds hasn't <laughs> Bonds won to tri- trial yet. Back burner for four years. I was going to say something else, but I lost it. So let's move on to the AFC North and our predictions for the division. John, how you see it shaking out? Well, who day? That's who's going to win the division. I think the Bengals win a second straight AFC North crown. I think they have all the pieces. I think they improved their wide receiver. Their running game and their defense was solid last year. I mean, they did hurt themselves down the stretch, but I think they were solid. Put a win number on it. Win number? I'm going to go with 11. 11 and 5. 11 and 5. See, I look at their schedule, and obviously we know their division opponents. Their non-division opponents are New England, Atlanta, Miami, Indy, the Jets, the Saints, and the Chargers. If they win more than eight or nine games this season, I will be surprised. Very surprised. Not saying they're a bad team. They just got jobbed on their schedule. Yeah, they do got a tough schedule. I think against the Jets, I know the Jets are pretty hyped up this year. But so far this preseason, the Jets' offense hasn't really impressed me. The Jets' defense is going to be there. So... When you put two good defenses up against each each other, I think it go either way because it's going to be low scoring and anyone can win those games. Same thing with the rest of their division. I mean, you're going to get two wins over Cleveland, and then you got the Steelers and the Ravens. The Ravens' offense is looking a lot better this year, but I think they'll at least split with the Ravens. The Steelers, the Steelers are a toss up. You never know what to expect with them. One year up, they're up. One year they're down. So and plus without Ben Roethlisberger for the first at least four games. But I think the way it's going to shake out is Cincinnati, Baltimore, I think, wins 10 games, possibly 11. The Steelers, maybe nine games, and then the Browns, five. Yeah, I look at uh, – I, I have to say that this is probably the division we've differed on more than any of the other ones we've previewed so far. I, I definitely, hands down, have Baltimore win the division. I think they can win 13 games this year. Um, depending on how well the receivers mesh together, um, I, I, I think, personally, the Baltimore Ravens are the best team in the AFC. Uh, Ray Rice should be solid. He's got Willis McGahee backing him up if he's not. And I just think Flacco, the way that he's been able to play without having valid wide receiver options, with the addition of Anquan Bolden, of course they've got Derek Mason, they assigned Dante Stallworth, Mark Clayton, and, of course, Todd Heap. I think their offense is there. I think their offense is, is potent this year. Defense is well, it's Baltimore Ravens defense. What else do you need to know? I think they're old. a 13-3 and three team. But the trademark defense is starting to get uh, age, and they're not aging quite well either. They're, they got Ed Reed's going to be out for... Their secondary is a, uh, a little bit below par, I think, this year. But they just over the years have found ways to get it done. And I don't doubt their ability to do it even for a moment. The Steelers, on the other hand, that's a tough uh, that's a tough shell to crack. I admit, I don't know what to expect from the Steelers. I, I, I've got them down as a 9-7 and seven team. Um, they've got to get more consistent on both sides of the ball. Last year was, was odd. 
I don't really know if there's any other way to describe the Steelers last season other than just it was just odd. It wasn't a typical Steelers team. No. No, Palomalu, to be fair, Palomalu missed a lot of time. He should be healthy now. If he stays healthy throughout the season, that'll be a big addition. Um, you mentioned Roethlisberger being out four games at least. Byron Leftwich, I think, will be uh, will be taking snaps in his stead. They might even be better off with Charlie Batch. I don't know. They kind of lucked out with the schedule. They've got four pretty weak opponents the first four weeks of the season. I'm not sure I'm putting any money on them performing overly well this year, but I think nine wins are attainable. I've got... Baltimore actually top in the division with 13, Pittsburgh at 9 and 7, and that's where I have the Bengals is after that at 8 and 8. I just think their non-division schedule is just too tough. I don't know that they're going to be able to win many of those games. The Browns, I I think we can agree the Browns are going to be pretty bad this year. The Browns look good in the preseason, too bad it doesn't count. I think they're 4 and 12 team. I think they're uh, in a rebuilding phase. And I think Mangini's gone at the end of the year. So, I think we're pretty far off on that, but we can we can put that prediction in the books. Um, I've got Baltimore, then Pittsburgh, then Cincinnati, and Cleveland rounding out the bottom. And how's your breakdown? Cincinnati, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Okay. NFC North, I think, is another division that we can uh, we can probably pretty heavily debate the top two teams. Um, I personally think. Uh, I think Green Bay is the class of the division, but uh, Minnesota's right there with them. I actually have them both finishing 11-5. and five. Um, Somehow I predicted that Green Bay is going to win the tiebreaker, though. I have this as a pretty close division. I have Actually, I have Green Bay at 12-4. and four. I think this year is the resurgence of uh, the Bears again. I think Levy, Jeff's, I mean, Levy Smith... His job's on the line this year. I, I think they win 11 games this year. I think Minnesota, I think Brett Favre's done. I think he's not going to have a good year. I think he's that ankle's going to bother him the whole season. And I know he's the most durable quarterback to ever live, but I think this is the year where he looks like a an old man. And I think they only win eight games this year. I think if the wheels fall off and it falls apart for him. And then, of course, you have – who else other than the worst-ran franchise other than the Browns finishing in last place? And that's the Detroit Lions. Yeah, the Lions, I think, uh, again, I think they're making good moves. I think they're getting better. problem is everybody in their division is getting better, too. I don't see Chicago Bears being an 11-win team. Uh, I, I, I think – I don't think that Jay Cutler and his poor play – was a fluke. I think uh, I think he is not the guy they thought he was, and I don't think he's going to pull out any victories for him in the long run. Twenty-three, I'm sorry, thirty-four turnovers, twenty-seven interceptions last year, and they were twenty-third in the league in total yards gained. I don't know that they've done much on the offensive side of the ball to get better. They added Chester, Chester Taylor. Um, their wide receivers are eh. Obviously, adding Julius Peppers and Brian Erlacher coming back from injury will help them on the defensive side, which I think will be enough to get them six or seven wins, but I don't see them getting more than that. Well, I guess time will tell just to see if they are who you thought they were. They gave up 494 points last year. That's a lot. They're building their offense. But they were two wins better than they were a year before. 
I actually, I actually see the trend committing, uh, continuing. I think they're two wins better this year. If I were them, I'd just lose all the games on purpose again, trying to get another high draft pick. Yeah. You can't not, actually. Not until they're getting a rookie wage scale. You don't get better through the draft in the NFL that way. The, the way the draft is now, they're not going to have any money to sign any other players if they get the number one pick every year. I think that's one of the reasons they've been as bad as they have for as long as they have. $50 million guaranteed money for the number one pick? How can you get better? This guy, people's never been, never played a, a snap and they're getting $50 million guaranteed. Crippling organizations. Rookie wage scale. It's going to be in the next CBA. There's no way. There's no way they don't put a rookie wage scale in there. NBA's got a system that seems to be working out pretty good. I think the NFL model it a little bit. If you look at the Detroit Lions over the last, I don't know, 10 or 15 years, you have to see all the money they've spent on unproven rookies that haven't panned out. And you have to point at that as a very specific reason for why they've been as bad as they have for as long as they have. Now, they, they did draft a wide receiver in uh, Mike Williams out of USC a few years back. He flunked out in Detroit and, and uh, is, is apparently tearing it up in camp and preseason out in Seattle. So maybe there's a certain amount of mismanagement of the play on the field. But even still, when you've crippled yourself with those types of contracts, it's really hard to uh, recover. Well, they did go 7-9. and nine. Two years ago, and then they lost all their games the following year. I think they were like... That would have been three years ago. I think they were 7-3 and three at one point. Yes, and that was the year that John Kitna uh, boldly predicted that they would be a playoff team. So maybe they just need somebody to come up and make some type of asinine prediction again this year. What they need is a leader. What they need is just an overhaul of their roster is what they need. They need to be resurrected like Ford got resurrected. Their stock prices got resurrected over the past year and a half. Yeah, I don't. I don't think uh, Javid Best is the guy to do it. He's gonna what be tough. Think? I think he's tough. He's all right. I think he's, he's gonna right. have twelve hundred yards. The the problem I have with Javid Best is is he's had his share of injuries over years, and he's probably in the hardest uh, hardest hitting division in the NFL with the Bears and the. Minnesota and Green Bay defenses. I don't. Uh, I don't know that he plays in 16 games this year. I'd actually be very surprised if he plays in 16 games this year. But if you look at the division, the rookie rookie running backs seem to have an impact in these in this division. That's true. Matt Forte, Kevin Smith, Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson. I don't like to base predictions on trends like that because it's so random. The fact that they've had three good rookie running backs in the last five years I think is completely random. No, but I think he'll be good. I think California has some good running backs that come out. Yeah, Marshawn Lynch came out. Now he's sucking now, and he's just messing up, but he had a good rookie rookie campaign. I'm going for 1,200 yards. Stafford passes for 3,600 yards, and their defensive probably gives up 40 points a game. Did you conveniently forget J.J. Arrington and his stellar performance performance as a running back for the Arizona Cardinals? I never heard of that guy. (laughs) Beanie Wells? Convenient. What about him? He's a man. Yeah? He's 40. (laughs) Pretty sure he's not 40. Maybe 40 pounds overweight. Um, So... 
Obviously, Brett Favre's back. I'm 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 really glad we held off till this week to do the NFC North because if we'd have predicted the NFC North last week and Brett Favre comes back, kind of throws a wrench into everything. What do you think about the way that this whole thing went down? Uh, three teammates flying down to Mississippi to have a conversation because they quote unquote need to get an answer, and they bring Brett back with them on the plane. What do you think? Here's what happened: they went down there to like. Hey, Brett, let's go. He's like, all right. And they flew him back. There was no conversation like, hey, man, we need you back. You need to come back. They were like, let's go. We got a day off of practice from this to come get you. <laughs> that's the whole motivation. I, I think they wanted I, a day off. I think that pretty much that would, that's what it was. It was really odd that the coaching staff was lying about the whereabouts of these three guys. That was really weird to me. Like, why would you go into a press conference and say, oh, no, they're not down there? They're right back here. Can we see? No. No, they're they're busy getting a shower. Can't walk in on them in the shower. Say, I don't know. This is just a big soap opera. I mean, I'm glad it's over, and this is probably the last year. But I hope he throws like 50 interceptions this year, so we know it's over, so he won't come back. Yeah. Well. Yep. He said that this is his last year. So, I mean, we have to take him at his word, right? Uh, Didn't he say that in 1947? He did. But that was different. This is his eight, eighth or ninth last year ever. That was before his second tour in Japan? or what? Well, he was, it was a different America back then. Went yeah. to the reserves. Well, he had 48 states. <laughs> I think... Uh, I think he was. He's been saying that since the original thirteen, the thirteen colonies. Yeah, wow. I didn't know he was that old. Well, this has been Sports on Point. See ya. <laughs> this has been Sports on Point. We didn't have a closing argument this week, but you can always send your comments to us at feedback at sportsonpoint.com. You can call the show at six four six three nine point. That's six four six three nine seven six four six eight. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening, guys. See you guys.